0: This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast.
1: Today is Wednesday, July 7th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. You know, it's just a few weeks shy of one year ago that I had Dave Pasgan on to talk about the birth of Zorforum as a new supplier in the franchising space with the intention of creating and facilitating a community of peer groups exclusively for emerging franchisors. Little did I imagine then that less than a year later, Zorforum would itself morph into much more than just a supplier to franchising, but rather into a franchise organization and concept itself, much less one led by Dave, Graham Chapman of 919 Marketing fame, and yours truly as co-founders of Zorforum franchising. But when you fast forward a year, that's exactly where we are. We are just days away from sharing our newly minted disclosure documents with dozens of our franchising peers and professionals, many of whom have been waiting patiently for months to learn more about our offering and how they may become involved with our program. With this milestone approaching, I thought it would be cool to re-air my August 2020 interview with Dave. So that's coming right up. I also hope that you and yours enjoyed a safe and happy 4th, with life returning to normal again, as we all make every effort to declare our independence from COVID-19. Thanks, too, to Mary Jane Reva for coming around last week and sharing all the happenings at Pizza Factory. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing you here in the ATLMJ the week after next. A quick break here. Then Dave paskin shares his franchise story and how it led to the birth of Zorforum franchising. Franchise Today
0: will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations, what Atmosphere TV provides are 100% franchise to 474747 for the no charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. After a 10-year run building 101 on one mobility and growing it to over 80 locations, propelling it to the next level with private equity, Dave Paskin decided that the next chapter in his life would include giving back. So, with the encouragement of his personal peers and original group members, Dave founded Zorforum, a community built specifically for franchisors, emerging franchisors, and the unique challenges that they face. The need for shared learning and leadership development among emerging franchisors is more paramount now than ever in our rapidly changing post-COVID world and business environment. Dave Paskin, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. Happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure having you and discovering how many people we really have in common with one another and haven't had the good fortune to run into each other more directly than this anytime sooner than now. And now that we've made the connection, it'll probably be sometime longer until we can do that in a face-to-face fashion. No thanks to our friend COVID-19, right?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, that's probably the case. But uh, yeah, like you said, there's it's a pretty small world in franchising. And if there's somebody I don't know, I know there's somebody that I know that knows that person. So it's pretty close-knit community.
1: And all that's going to become part of the discussion we have today as we talk about Zor Forum and what it is you're doing, which I can't believe it hasn't happened sooner. We'll come to that as part of the conversation, but we have to start this discussion the way we do every week. So each week I ask my guests to kind of rewind the tape and tell us how and when that happened for you
2: great well i can just give you a little bit of a background i guess my first touch on franchising was when i was 19 years old i went to penn state university and i was part of an entrepreneurs club at penn state and I watched a presentation given by a group of guys from a company called College Pro Painters. And that got my attention. And I decided to become a College Pro Painter franchise. So uh, I ended up being a franchisee of theirs for two years. And I was in school at Penn State in, you know, central Pennsylvania. They didn't have any territory near me or near where I came from, which was Western Pennsylvania, but they did have open territory in a new market that they were opening in the Cleveland area. And so I signed up for the course of, I guess, throughout. The spring of my junior year at college, I would get in my car on the weekends and drive from Central Pennsylvania, Penn State, to the Cleveland area to go to first go to training and then go to out into the basically community of the territory that I had and start marketing my painting services. And so I stayed with them for two years. So I was in the Cleveland market as a franchisee of that organization my junior year and senior year at college, and that was pretty interesting experience. I learned a lot from that. I learned mainly two things: one that I was really good at sales, and the other one was that I was was really poor at operation. I had my second year at it. I had really strong sales numbers coming into the production season, which was right after essentially you would throughout the spring while you were still in school, you'd go on the weekends and hang door hangers and put up yard signs and things of that nature. And then you'd go back and do estimates and appointments. And I had about a hundred thousand dollars worth of workbook by the time school was over my second year. But when I started operations, I ended up hiring about 15 people. And I made the bad assumption that everybody had the same work ethic and framework Mind that I had. And I was wrong. It didn't quite work out like that. And so that was a difficult year for me. I ended up letting go of most of my staff and trying to paint through the work that I had sold on my own with a helper. And anyways, it was a good and bad experience in a lot of ways, but that was my first kind of exposure to franchising. And then I was out of franchising for a while. My degree was in health education. And so I worked in that field for a short period of time after college and got into worked at like a Bally's fitness center. And I worked in uh, a corporate wellness center that was actually a part of a GE plant in Indiana. And with that, I was actually in the car business for a couple of years as a car salesperson just for a short period of time. And then I got promoted as, uh, as a finance manager at a car dealership. And I stayed there for about three years and eventually migrated into the mortgage industry for a relative new company called Novastar mortgage which was a well-funded startup effort that was taking advantage of kind of the emerging non-conforming mortgage market at the time this was 1997 and I started in that company as a field-based sales rep account executive we called it ended up working there for 10 years i went through a bunch of different positions while I was there I kind of came up the sales track so I had a lot of regional and other sales management level positions eventually got into a more general management position as an executive vice president and then ultimately, I became president of that company in 2005. And that company was growing really quickly. When I started, we had, I think, maybe 25, I was one of maybe 25 salespeople. By 2005, we had about 400 salespeople. And when I was named president, I was responsible for about 4,000 employees. I was 35 years old at the time. So that was where I really got a lot of exposure to different leadership opportunities. I had a fantastic mentor, one of the founders of the company who interviewed me when I got hired at the job, uh, kind of identified me as a high potential guy, kind of coming through his organization and gave me a lot of opportunities to try to get good at being a leader. And then ultimately you know, gave me the senior leadership role as president of that company. But Novastar Mortgage was strictly a non-conforming lender. And so in 2007, that industry essentially folded up and went away. And so myself and the rest of the management team ended up laying off about 4,000 people, including myself. And uh, so I kind of got out of that industry at that time or it got me out, if you want to put it that way. So from there, I had a couple of people that were working with me in that company at Novastar, Luke Sampson and Keith Barnhart. Luke was my national sales manager and Keith was one of our top performing salespeople. They both live in the Wilmington, North Carolina area. They got together and started up a company that was basically a dealership of home access equipment, things like stair lifts and wheelchair ramps and things of that nature. And they kind of got after it for about six months and built a pretty nice little local business and then reached out to me and asked me to join the organization to try to figure out how to grow and scale it to a national level. So I joined that company about a year after after we shut down Novistar in October of 2008. And I started working with them as a partner to figure out how to grow it. And we kind of stumbled upon franchising as a potential way to go about doing that in 2009. I hired Mark Siebert and Dave Hood at the iFranchise Group to help get our program put together. And we launched our franchise opportunity at 101 Mobility in April of 2010 and that's how we got started. So I continued to run that company as the president until uh, January of this year through a private equity transaction a few years back. And so for the last several years uh, at 101, I was essentially working for the private equity firm and then eventually more or less retired out of that position in January. So that's kind of my story over the last, I guess, 20
1: years or so. So the only real franchise experience that you possessed was as a college student, as a franchisee with the territory for college pro painters and you parlayed that into what then became the growth of a what eighty plus unit franchise organization and were learning franchising at the same time as you were growing a brand. How'd that work?
2: Yeah, it was interesting because we were new to both industries, right? My background being in the mortgage industry had nothing to do with being a dealer, like a local dealer of home access equipment. I had no experience in that industry. I, I don't really come from a contracting background. This 101 Mobility is essentially a specialty home improvement contractor, putting in highly specialized medical equipment for people with disabilities and mobility issues. And I knew nothing about that when we got into that industry. And at the same time, really knew very little except for my experience as a franchise really knew nothing about running a franchise company as a franchisor. So we were kind of doing double duty, learning a whole new industry A native industry in the mobility space and then also learning franchising at the same time. And it was like drinking from the fire hose. There's a lot of information to absorb and learn about and and all of that. But ultimately we figured it out. And I think my leadership opportunities and experiences that I'd had previous to that had put me on a pretty good path around how to go about building a high performance organization. And I would say probably the best moves I've ever made in my career have been to just surround myself with people that are way smarter than I am and let them help us help me figure these things out. and uh, so that's what we did. We hired really smart people and let them help us figure things
1: out. More Dave and Mark part of any kind of mentorship for you as well in helping you learn the ropes on franchising as they were helping you put together a franchise concept? Yeah, for sure. I can't speak
2: highly enough about those two guys. They basically gave us some extremely valuable advice in terms of how to go about setting up our program and the pitfalls to look out for and so many of the little nuanced aspects of franchising that if you're new to franchising, you wouldn't even know to ask about. You know, how the timing and mechanism for collecting royalties and managing franchisee relationships and all of these kinds of things that were completely foreign to us. Dave and Mark were very good about kind of mentoring me and my team and coaching me along the way in terms of learning all about those things and how to be effective at it. And, you know, I continue to stay in touch with Mark and Dave on a regular basis. I've brought them in at 101 a couple of times after we launched to help with some special projects and things of that nature. And of course, I refer everybody that I can think of to them that's interested in starting a franchise because there's a lot of people out there offering those kind of services. But you know, I know Dave and Mark are guys that you can trust and, and are the kind of people that will do it right.
1: Didn't you then yeah. too have the luxury of not only learning franchising and learning the specialty medical business that you're in, but didn't you then too have to learn how to convert those that would dealers to franchising on top of just offering franchises to a new community of potential franchisees? Yeah, we did some of that.
2: It was interesting. We only did a few conversion deals at 101. Most of our franchise these were new to the industry, but it turns out it's it's a really great industry. It's not super complicated. There's a a handful of products that we offered that were kind of the staples, the bread and butter of the offerings of the company. And, you know, it took a little while to kind of get to know them and how how they operated and all that. But a lot of the value I think that we brought to the table as a franchisor was on the marketing side. We built a very powerful website over the years and internet-based lead generation is a big part of the strategy in that industry. It's a very need-based and very time-specific need-based product. You, you kind of figure out one day that you have a need. A lot of times what happens is you get a call and you found out that your mom fell down the stairs and she broke her hip. And they're not sure if she should really be living in a home with two stories and she doesn't want to leave. And so you learn about something like stair lifts and you say, okay, well, maybe we can do that. Right. And that's a very event-based need that kind of comes up at a specific time. And so what people do in that case is they go online and do research. Well, how do I solve this problem? Let me learn more about stair lifts. We got really good at that aspect of things and, and basically figuring out how to drive a lot of lead traffic to our franchisees from that perspective. And then the installation and the support of the products was not really that complicated.
1: And so along the way, help us with the growth of one-on-one mobility and where you really started feeling the traction and maybe discuss how the private equity piece came to be.
2: Yeah. So we were growing pretty aggressively. We were bootstrapping it for all intents and purposes. And we kind of got to a point where we had, I think maybe 15 or so locations and we were definitely off and running, but we had a vision for, I guess, the infrastructure and in particular, the marketing that we wanted to deploy for our system. And we were kind of undercapitalized. And so we made an effort to go out and try to find a capital partner, an equity partner to kind of help us get the business to the next level. And we ended up connecting with a private equity firm out of New York who happened to have purchased one of our suppliers about a year prior to us meeting them. And so we were having a meeting with that particular supplier and they said, hey, do you have a need for capital? And we said, yes, we do. And so they put us in touch with their new owner, private equity firm called Cortec Group and ended up putting an arrangement together. And so we less of a sort of cash out event as much as it was a capital raise event to basically help us bring in the capital we needed to really take the business to the next level and and they did exactly that. They gave us the, the fuel that we needed to throw on the fire to kind of really grow things more quickly and, and all of that. And that worked out really well for us.
1: Did you throw any Yetis in along the way? Yeah, I have a been... story
2: about that. Yeah. So <laughs> once I had learned about their relationship, they own the Yeti Corporation. Or, and so when, once we kind of learned about that and I'd start to get to know the guys at the private equity firm, I said, hey, so what's the, what's the best way for me to get my hands on one of these Yeti coolers? Like, is there a, an employee portal or anything like that? And the, the guy, the managing director on that account said, yeah, it's really easy. You go to Yeti.com and you pick out what you want and you put it in the shopping cart and you pay for it and then it comes to your house. And I said, well, is there like a code I put in there? He goes, yeah, it's called your credit card number. <laughs> so no, no. no big employee discounts,
1: unfortunately. It doesn't sound like what I was angling for ever came to pass for you. Sorry to hear it. <laughs> That's okay. So as the company continued to grow, along the way, you decided that you had the itch again to become a franchisee again with Shelf Genie and tell us how that manifests.
2: Yeah, I bought a Shelf Genie franchise uh, right around two years ago, as it is now. Um, We opened in February of last year. So I started making the moves to acquire that franchise right around this time, two years ago, August, September timeframe. And I did that for a couple of reasons. Part of it was just an investment diversification, just looking for alternate ways to basically invest my money and drive cash flow. I was always interested in localized businesses. And to some extent, I've been running 101 Mobility at that time for 10 years and feeling like I needed some new things to focus on and get excited about. And so that seemed like a good option. And my experience as a franchisor, I got to know a lot of franchise concepts out there and the good ones and the bad ones and all of the different kinds of opportunities and investment levels. And so what attracted me to Shelf Genie was that it seemed like a really simple business model. It was a relatively low investment with a high potential. Potential revenue to investment ratio. And it was one of the businesses that seemed as though you could pretty effectively run it as a semi-absentee, because at the time I was still president of 101 Mobility. I couldn't dedicate my full-time efforts to it. And I felt like there's not a whole lot of businesses that kind of meet all of those check boxes: low investment, high revenue, fast scaling, and semi-absentee all at the same time. And checking all the boxes, I got down to Shelfdini was really the only one I found that met all of those criteria. And then I happened to be really good friends with Alan Young, the founder of that company. And so that made it, easy as well.
1: Of course, Alan was here with us last week, which was how we came to bring this interview together as quickly as we did. And it Mm -hmm. just seems like there's a tremendous amount of nexus in your lives. And we're going to spend a good portion of the rest of our time today talking about something that you've created called Zor Forum. But Mm -hmm. the Zor Forum was actually born out of your need to have a peer group of trusted peers that you could have conversations with, like a YPO, right, but a franchise specific. So that's something that's really unique. And again, I can't fathom that nobody's thought of this sooner. But why don't you bring us up to speed on the history between Al and yourself, Frank, and some of the others that are part of that group and how that became the foundation for what we're going to continue talking about when we get onto to Forum. Sure.
2: Yeah. So kind of going back to the introduction part of our conversation, you know, the connections that you make in franchising and how often you find yourself in the same group of people and in the same circles at the various events that happen over and over again. So we just noticed, like Alan in particular, kind of noticed that, hey, I'm running into these same other franchisor CEOs and founders at the broker events and IFA events and other emerging franchisor events and things of that nature. And we kind of kept seeing each other. We kind of get to know each other a little bit. And it was really Alan's idea to try to form a group that was franchise specific. And I think he was a member of YPO at the time or potentially EO or YPO. I don't remember which, but he was in a group like that, but he thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a group, kind of a mastermind group that was comprised of all emerging franchisor leadership. And so he kind of basically went around one at a time and tapped on the shoulder of people that he kind of knew the best. And I was one of those guys. And there were five others besides Alan and myself. And he just basically said, I've got this idea. Maybe we can just meet periodically and share best practices and learn from each other. And, you know, we're in the same boat at the same time, just trying to figure out franchising and Understanding that we had a lot to learn and said, sure, let's give that a crack. So, Alan really put all of it together and organized it. And we started meeting three or four times a year physically at the time. And right away, we found a lot of synergy. I remember the first few meetings that we had taking just pages and pages and pages of notes, just all this great information and experience sharing that was coming from the other people in the group and just learning a ton. And at first, it was a lot of best practice sharing. You know, how do you handle this situation? How do you organize your you know, marketing? department? Who are you working with or legal or PR or other, those kinds of things? And at that level, as well as some more nuanced kind of best practice sharing. And we did that probably for the first year. Most of our meetings were comprised of just that best practice sharing type of activity. And, and we structured it like these forums are structured in a way that we would meet for a while and have a nice dinner and then maybe have an event or do something fun and try to break it up and turn it into a, a little bit of a working fun time sort of deal. And then eventually we migrated to more of a forum style meeting group where um, we started to incorporate some of the concepts or elements of the way that the groups function at an EO or YPO level. And then a a year or so after that, we actually all went through a forum training with a professional moderator, a moderation training person who taught us all how to be good moderators. So that's kind of how it got started.
1: We're talking with Dave Paskin, who is really, he's all three legs on the stool. He's been a franchisee and he is once again, he's been a franchisor. And now with Thrive Brand, and Zor Forum, he's become a supplier. And we're going to come back after a very quick break and we're going to pick up the conversation where we've left off and learn more about Zor Forum and what Dave's doing with Thrive Brands.
0: Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.org. That's www.zorforum.org. And we're back and the conversation continues with Dave Pasgan. How about a little bit about Thrive? Just give us some history on where you're going with that, because it appears now that you're not only doing the forum, but you're helping consult at maybe a deeper level as well. Yeah, I think I
2: spent some time right after leaving my position at 101 Mobility, and that was earlier this year, and just trying to think through and figure out what really got me the most excited, what were the parts of franchising that I liked the most, and how to maybe turn that into sort of my next act. And so one of the things that had come up was my group continues to meet, even though a couple of us now... We're not running franchise companies at the time. We decided to keep meeting anyway. And so Alan, as you know, left his role at Shelf Genie a couple of years ago. One of the other guys exited from his role at a franchisor and bought into some other kinds of businesses. I was exiting my role at 101 Mobility and trying to figure out my next move. And so we all continued to feel like it made sense to stay together in spite of that and have continued to do so. But one of the things that had come up was we talked often about how, to your point, there really wasn't anything like what we were doing in the industry, a mastermind group specifically for franchisors. And we would frequently have other franchisor leadership ask if they could join our group or their way could they put a group together like ours and get some support and things of that nature. And there just wasn't anything out there. And so with me finding some time on my hands, I made a decision to see about formalizing what we were doing and making that available to others. Because one of the other things that would happen along the way is I would get a lot of calls from people that were dipping their toe in the franchise pool and just getting started and they are new brands that are energized and excited. And literally, like I was 11 years ago, just completely uninformed about how franchising works and what it all entails. And a lot of those calls I would get actually from Mark Siebert and Dave Hood. They work with a lot of those kinds of organizations in that sort of stage of growth. And they would often give out my phone number as somebody to call to talk about their services and my experience with them. And so along the way, I kind of figured out, you know, there's a lot of people doing this, right? There's, I think, statistically, 300 new franchisors are launching every year. And so there's quite a few people jumping into the game and they're all in the same place that I was and the other members of my peer group were 10 years ago, just trying to figure it out. And it just seemed like there was such a need for this opportunity to aggregate these people into one place and get them to share and learn from each other but with maybe the added benefit of having somebody that has some experience as a franchisor playing the role of moderator. So I circled up with my group and I said, Hey guys, I'm thinking about doing this and maybe taking our show on the road. First of all, would you support that? And do you think it's a good idea? And so they all immediately said, yeah, it's definitely a good idea. We'll do anything we can to help you support that. And so, you know, gave me some great testimonials about their experience and that type of thing. And so we launched Solar Forum about three weeks ago and have fielded a number of inquiries from emerging franchise companies' leadership that are... interested in joining. And so we're just in the process now of getting our first couple of mastermind groups kind of launched here. And how
1: does the facilitation work? What's the format?
2: format is virtual, which that was kind of the plan anyway, but sort of worked out well considering the current circumstances. And so there's really, I would say, two main elements to it. There's a monthly Zoom-based video conference that's a half a day, four-hour session. And what we do at that time is we follow kind of the forum moderation agenda that has been created by organizations like EO and YPO. We're using a very similar kind of format for that type of a meeting where there is some updates from the group. Everyone just talks for five minutes about what's going on their world and just updating on how things are going in their business and their family lives and kind of is important and top of mind to them right now. And so that's part of the meeting. And then typically in a single session, we'll have two deep dive sort of conversations where one of the members will maybe spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about a particular issue that they're dealing with. And then the rest of the group will kind of reflect on that and do some experience sharing and really share maybe their experiences that might be related to the issue that that particular individual is having as a way for the entire group to really learn from that whole conversation. So in the course of one of those meetings, we'll do usually two of those kind of events. And then from time to time, we'll bring in speakers people from the industry that really know a lot about franchising and have something valuable to say. And so people like yourself or uh, others that have been in franchising for a long time and have good information to share and, and those kinds of things and good value add to bring to the table. And so that's kind of the format of the meetings. And then outside of that, we have a private dedicated Slack channel set up where as we grow our membership, that membership will be able to communicate with each other kind of in a private way through this iteration of Slack. And it can be organized then by topic. The channels allow you to kind of organize conversations based on what you want to talk about. So we have channels set up to talk about franchisee relationships and franchise development and consumer marketing and all of those kinds of things that are relevant talking points for growing franchisors to talk about. And then I've got myself in that group. I've got the other six members of my original Zor forum are all on the Slack channel. Some other people that were kind of joining that are not emerging franchisors, but are experienced people that want to kind of be in on the conversation. And then as we kind of grow the membership and we get to, you know, who knows, 100, 200 members or something like that. There'll be a lot of opportunity for sharing information and learning from each other in an organized way on that Slack channel.
1: What protections are offered from the competitive set and how are you structuring the matrix of those, what is it, eight or 10 maximum, I would think, that you can put into a single group?
2: Yeah, I think we're comfortable with as few as four or five in a group and maybe up to 10 as kind of a maximum. We're trying to make sure that we don't have competing brands in the same group. So you wouldn't have two painting companies, for example, you know, kind of sharing best practices and things of that nature. So different industries across the groups and that type of thing. The agreement that group members will sign includes confidentiality clause. And if you know much about the way that the YPO forums and the EO forums work, confidentiality is kind of one of the core tenets of the way they operate. And so there's a very specific rule around the information that you learn and share in these groups and consider to be of the highest level of confidentiality. Really it's just not to be shared outside the group unless you're given permission to do so. And that's kind of a formal structure that we're borrowing from these other sort of general peer group organizations. And there's history there. They've done that for a long time. It seems to work for them. And so we're kind of leveraging off of that structure to make sure that people feel comfortable sharing their experiences and not feeling like They're giving out all their secrets to the world.
1: And what about the monetary commitment? What does a franchisor have to pony up to be part of this? $4.95 $4.95 a month
2: if you want to maintain a membership. There's no long-term commitment. And we always do the first session at no cost. So people that are interested can kind of dip their toe in the water and participate in at least one meeting and get a feel for things and see if they think it's a good fit. And if it is, then they can kind of commit to it and continue to participate. But they're not locked into any long-term contracts. So if something changes and they feel like it's just not working for them or their situation changes, then they can exit at any time.
1: Before we run out of time, Dave, I want to give you a little bit of time to talk to you about Thrive and what the vision is for Thrive Brands. That's consulting, is it not?
2: Yeah, it's sort of a more or less a consulting practice. Yeah, I'm not trying to get in, in on the same type of business. For example, iFranchise Group is involved in. It's not the type of consultancy where we're going to take somebody who wants to franchise but is not currently franchising and show them the ropes or help them set up a franchise. It's really more of a an accelerant, probably, where currently working with one client who is uh, a franchisor who's been franchising for some time. And she's got a fundamentally really fantastic business model. And she has a couple of franchisees, three actually now, but she's struggled a bit to figure out how to really get scale with her organization. And so she's an expert in her industry, but probably not an expert on franchising. And so I'm working with her to kind of take what is a fundamentally good business model and a great brand and great founder knowledge and concepts and background and support infrastructure and help her get some national scale throughout North America.
1: Would this be something then that your professional facilitators that are running the Zor forums would also participate in under the umbrella of consulting? I'm certain out of those groups, there's going to be opportunities where members of those groups are going to want maybe a deeper dive or a more lengthy engagement with the facilitator on a one-to-one basis. Would that be kind of the model that you're going toward?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can definitely, through Zor Forum, you can add on one-to-one coaching if you're interested in that and even maybe deeper levels of relationship. I think, as you know, Stan, these kinds of relationships take all different shapes and sizes and there's not a lot of great one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to helping these brands figure it out. And so I think we're both at the Thrive Brands level and at Zora Forum level, keeping an open mind about how those relationships can be formed and what they ultimately can look like. And so this client that I'm working with, her name's Terry. She's running a franchise company called Kinetics, And the relationship that she and I have is much more than just a coaching or consulting role. I'm really dug in deep in our company and helping her figure out how to set up the right infrastructure and really accelerate the growth of the system over time. And she and I are working kind of hand in hand at that level. So that's that's a pretty deep relationship. They don't necessarily all look like that, but it can go that far if it makes sense for that or to work out that way.
1: I'm really intrigued by this. I can't again believe that nobody has come up with this any sooner than this, but it's like anything else. Sometimes it takes a blinding flash of the obvious for an awakening of sorts. I'm going to ask you to tell us if there's anything I didn't ask you that you wish that I did.
2: Uh, you're a great interviewer Stan, so I think you covered all the main bases. So no, I think I'm good.
1: Excellent. Well, I know that there's going to be somebody in this audience that's going to want to learn more about both the Zor Forum, about Thrive Brands, and how they can get part of a group working with their names on it. So why don't you tell us how?
2: Sure. You can learn more about Zor Forum at zorforum.org. And there's a lot of great information there, testimonials from all the guys that are in my original group. And you can obviously reach out through that website and learn a little bit about the organization directly from me. And that's probably the easiest way. My email address is dave at Thrive Brands co.co. Co. That's another way you can reach me. So anybody that's interested in talking about either of those things, or you know, I just love connecting with especially emerging franchisors and just getting to know them. And even if there's no professional engagement involved, I like to know who's out there and who's doing what. And I feel like I have some maybe valuable advice or things that I can share that doesn't come at any cost. And so I'd encourage any of those folks that might have an interest in just getting to know me and letting me get to know them a little bit to reach out and love to have that conversation.
1: When you look at that initial group that you've been part of for all the years. Are you comfortable sharing the names, Alan, yourself, Frank Milner, who else?
2: Yeah, so it's Alan Young, who is the founder of Shell Genie, Frank Milner, who's currently the president of Tutor Doctor. Brian Mattingly has a company called Welcome Mat Services, which is a franchise company. Justin Bredeman uh, runs a company or was the co-founder of a company called Soccer Shots, which is a, another kids program, a kids franchise. And Omar Solomon, who's the CEO and co-founder of College Hunk Calling Junk. And Boris Katznelson, who at the time he joined us, was the president and had recently acquired SpeedPro Imaging. This
1: audience could do a lot of things worse than becoming part of a group that offers up that kind of intellectual capital. And, and you're offering up some of that at no cost at all. Just for the conversation, I'm certain you're going to be hearing from some people in the audience. I can't thank you enough, Dave. I'm intrigued by this. I'm going to continue to watch this with tremendous interest. Dave Pasgan, CEO of Zorforum and Thrive Brands. Well, that interview originally aired on Wednesday, August twenty-sixth, twenty twenty. Who knew then that less than a year later, Dave and I would partner up, joined too by nine one nine marketing's Graham Chapman, to roll out Zor Forum as not only a network and ecosystem of groups and communities comprised of emerging franchisors, but too as a franchise offering, inviting our peers to become chapter leaders and facilitators of these groups and communities of eight to ten, doing so as Zor Forum franchisees. Well, here we are, and away we go. Speaking for Dave, Graham, and myself, we are excited and looking forward to Q4 2022 and catching up with more and more of you along the way. That's all we have time for today. Until next week, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out.
0: Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchise. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.